0: I'm Neil Pickett. Welcome to Episode 3 of Making Art. Each episode of Making Art features a conversation between me and a fellow artist about their life and how they do what they do, how they make art. Only this particular episode, it isn't an artist. Rather, it's a couple. Performer Maud Davey has been bearing her body to burlesque audiences in Australia and overseas for close to 30 years. She's also found time to work as a teacher of drama at VCA and La Trobe University, as an artistic director for, amongst others, the South Australian theatre company Vital Statistics, and has enjoyed success as an actor both on stage and on television. Born in Adelaide, she met David Pidd in Hobart, where he was working as an actor for her uncle, the late playwright and theatre director, Richard Davey. And I met them both in that year, 1992, when I was working on the same show as David, the POW epic A Bright and Crimson Flower, written and directed by Richard for Zutango, the former state theatre company of Tasmania. They began a relationship in 92, and in 2000 they collaborated on their first show, Parallax Island, and Maud gave birth to to another of their collaborations, their first child, Alice. In 2007, their son Leo was born and in 2013, they performed together as a family for the first time in an experimental show called The Crow Family, which was developed and then enjoyed a successful season at La Mama and toured extensively throughout Victoria in 2016. When I arrived at their house in Abbotsford, Maud was on the phone wrestling with her ever-crowded calendar and David had just returned from walking their two dogs, Frank and Barbara. To say that Maud's busy would be an understatement. She lives in a whirlwind of activity and is currently in preparation for a new season of her burlesque show Retro Futurismus, which she performs with her equally statuesque twin sister, Annie. David, by contrast, while busy, is less frenetic and was quietly preparing to leave for Tasmania where he regularly performs in Strawn on the west coast in another Richard Davy play, The Ship That Never Was. They appear on the surface to have wildly conflicting career ambitions. So I began by asking them how they managed that difference. Here's more Davy and David Pitt in the lounge room with a tacit appearance from Alice on the hunt for breakfast and a little input from the canines talking about the balancing act of being a creative couple with kids and differences.
1: That is the dynamic that has made our relationship, our life, work, actually, isn't it?
0: That's good to hear.
1: <laughs> well, having children, if we were both ambitious, we, that wouldn't have worked. If we were both as ambitious no. as I am, it yeah. wouldn't have worked.
2: No, it's true. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah.
1: Because children need somebody at home.
2: Funny that. Yeah. So that's me. Although, Although it's... We
1: both share of, it. We, yeah. It certainly hasn't... I mean, it has been used sometimes, but it's when they're young that it's most difficult and when... And you certainly... Did went along with what I was doing in my career. So I, when Alice was, li- well, the first thing we did was a show. <laughs> when after Alice was born. She was six weeks old, and we went out to Albury and made Parall- and did Parallax Island.
2: Yeah. So she's six weeks old, and then, but ten weeks prior to that, so you're eight months pregnant. You're doing a show at La Mama. Yeah. In a bath. What was that called?
1: The pickle or the pickle jar. The
2: pickle or the pickle jar.
1: Mm.
2: Am I the pickle or am I the pickle jar? Which was about being pregnant. Yeah. So you're performing up to eight months pregnant and then we're on the road five, six weeks. Afterwards. Afterwards, making a show.
1: Yeah,
2: Con- the, the two of us. Up at Hothouse yeah. in Albury.
1: Which was great.
2: Strap them on and off you
0: go.
1: The child, the baby. Going. Yeah, the
0: baby. Yeah, the yeah. baby. How did you do that physically? Did you have a baby Bjorn thing? Or? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. They're yeah. Very useful, those baby Bjorn things. However, my cousin lived up there at that moment and she nannied for us. Yeah. Um, so she uh, she would take Alice away at crucial moments when we couldn't drop, drop everything, like, you know, during the show. Um, so Kaya would take Alice away so that um, I wouldn't hear her cry during the show (laughs) yeah so that was uh, but then when Alice was two we moved to Adelaide because I um, took up the position of Artistic Director of Vital Statistics and so that was definitely David going okay you know I'm coming to be dad
2: Um, which worked which worked really well you had a full time job regular hours we kind of were regular folk
1: yeah. Um, and and you worked when you wanted to, worked when yeah, you, yeah, when I
2: when I could and when I wanted to and but I did the find find child care. Yeah. I did the shopping
1: Buy the washing machine. You, oh,
2: yes, white goods. Mm. That was fun. Yeah. I did the best I could at keeping the house clean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not great at that. Um <laughs> But, yeah, that's that's the roles yeah. we took. So, yeah.
1: But then since we've been back in Melbourne and being, being both independent artists, Melbourne's a different kettle of fish. You need two incomes or you need more than one income in Melbourne to have a house and two children. And uh, so we have had to be much more ingenious about how we... F- backfill the, you know, because you, for instance, I've got... This um, is,
2: are we going to talk about May? Yeah. Yeah, so, so <laughs> next week.
1: And the week after.
2: So tomorrow, <clears throat> I'm working for Polyglot. I'm doing ants uh, all day. So that's tomorrow. What are you doing tomorrow? I've only got...
1: Well, I'm marking.
2: Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... I'm,
1: but I'm only
2: I'm only going. Out.
1: I've only got one. What's Monday? Okay, so mon- I go into my massive two weeks where Lat- my I teach at La Trobe and VCA, which uh, which I've been doing for a few years, which is fantastic. Casually, I just you know, you know do what I can when when they offer me. And um, basically, both of my projects are coming culminating at the same time. So I have two massive weeks in which I have to be out morning, noon, and night. And David As, goes.
2: Well, yeah, I'm I'm going to Tasmania. Uh, on Wednesday. On Wednesday, for two and a half weeks. Yeah. To to work down in Strawn, on the west coast. So. So, our children. Mm, well, see, we've we've gone many years since Alice was six weeks old. Now she's at university. So.
1: We can rely on her for some some management of Leo, who's eleven.
2: And she can also manage herself in mm. terms of getting herself around. Mm. Leo's old enough now to get himself to school and get himself home and get himself a snack. Um, uh, ha- however, he is actually only 11. Mm. and um, he,
1: needs a, he needs a parent. Uh, he needs
2: a parent and... Um, At least one. Yeah.
1: However, we have strong support from both our families, which is pretty crucial. Um my sister lives very close and has a child of a similar age to Leaps, so we can depend on them for when they're available. And David's family has been incredibly supportive at various times. Okay, now I'm going to go into the, the difficulties, the financial difficulties.
2: It's not too... Just before you go there, it's not too often that we're really jammed up like we're going to be um, in, the in the next two weeks. Usually it's not so bad. And in fact, you trawled your diary yesterday and went, oh, actually, it's this night and this night and that afternoon. And it mm. turned turns, the jam is like five days or something. Mm. Five afternoons. Right, like and look, afternoon. and this is about our children. So Leo's taken up soccer. So that's two nights a week. Uh, karate is, is three, three uh, afternoons a week and a Saturday. Um, so that, so <laughs> this is parenting and making art. Um, I'm hyper aware of the children's needs and, and this is this thing about not being so ambitious. For me, that's much more important than making art, um, kids need their parents, one or the other. So it's not. So what I think what I'm saying is it's not a sacrifice for me. That's what I'm saying. I never feel like it's a sacrifice um, that I've got to stay at home and I've got to, you know, do mm. the kids, because I get my go as well. I do get my go. Mm. Um, um,
0: this time you spend down in Strawn, which. I oh know you do quite regularly and you love it down there. Mm. So that's your kind of go, is it all?
2: Well, I guess so, yeah. That's my go. That's my little...
1: But, David, uh, but you work regularly with Polyglot and tour overseas regularly and...
2: It's not that I don't get a go. I guess my... Yeah.
1: He thinks that I don't think <laughs> about the children and just say yes to everything, which is true to a certain extent.
2: Oh, because I was going to say, no, that's not... I'm actually trying to find a way, or, because that's not what I th- I think. Isn't it? <laughs> well, I find you, you make art, therefore you are. Yeah. And I... Uh, um, what do I do? I... I... Um, I sacrificed myself so you can go and make art. No, 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 sorry. Oh, no, that's not, we're not saying. That was a joke. um, No, and I find, look, I think for me, I find more meaning in my... my, What am I trying to say?
1: I'm not sure.
2: Uh Uh-huh. I'm not sure either.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Other than I get a good go at at doing my art and...
1: um, And pretty much I get to do what I want to, and I'm really, really bad at saying no, but I have learned that sometimes I have to um, because actually the children do come first. And
2: actually you, you're you terrible at saying no.
1: I actually. do sometimes say no. When
2: I remind you to go, you have
0: to say no to that one. I know. Well, it, it is difficult, isn't it, because I know from my own personal experience, you feel that if you go... Particularly when you're young, you feel if you say no that you'll never get asked again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: particularly when you're young. What about particularly when you're over 50? Well, uh, There's it, that as well. It,
0: never, it doesn't actually...
2: Uh, it, it doesn't change. It doesn't change. Doesn't, it doesn't. change and, the, the, and, you know, it's the insecurity of it, of, the, of the industry. And then the more practical of... Well, I've got nothing after June 23, 2018... Um, as I had nothing, you know, three months ago, as, as neither mm. of us had anything, you know, so there's this constant, there's nothing. So I have to say yes. I've got to say yes in case there is really nothing. So if I say yes, there's something and hopefully it'll pay mm. enough.
1: So, so, you know, our life is a lot of logistics, how we manage the children, the dogs, We've got two yeah. dogs. How yeah. we manage the children, how we manage the dogs in terms of time and logistics of how we manage to pay the mortgage every fortnight. Um, and that is, uh, uh, you know, sometimes that becomes quite overwhelming and demoralising. You just think, uh, surely, surely life should be easier than this. But I suspect that it's actually not easy for anybody.
2: I, th- I also find it, it's interesting We we both... The mortgage payment is the, the marker, but actually karate fees, soccer club fees, we never go, oh, how are we going to pay the soccer club fees? It's always the mortgage. The mortgage is the metaphor. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: mm. Yeah. So, yes, diaries are important.
2: <laughs> and luckily Maud's got one and uses it. In fact, I think this one didn't. I buy that for me and yes, and I and I I'm hopeless yeah uh, at keeping a diary. Life is an improvisation, and um, Mm. no amount of writing in diaries is going to.
1: But you know, to address the idea of making work, the thing that happens after you have children is that you realise that you don't need a week to lie around and wonder and hope that the muse hits you and think what will I write what will I make you just take every hour that you can or every 15 minutes and you make something so and that's a really good thing to learn just the thing of Art is not a mysterious thing that happens when all the conditions are correct and right and the air smells sweet and the muse comes to visit. Art is something that happens because every, you know, in those two hours that you have, you go, well, I'm just going to write something and you write something and something happens, Some. You just have to do it. You do because,
2: well, the other thing is there's a very practical thing, which is we've booked a theatre. Yeah. And there's a, and and we're going to have, and an audience will mm. come. Mm. So we have to have something, we're going to have mm. something. And so, yeah, you can wait for the muse. Mm. Hopefully the muse is actually, a, the muse is visited before you've booked the theatre, that there is an idea that's got some legs and you're you know, one is confident that, yeah, we can make a booking in the theatre. Mm. Another metaphor, make the booking in the theatre. Um, so so the muse has uh, come and then it's just practical. Write it.
1: Yeah. Write it. it.
2: And if that scene, then, well, what might come next? Mm. Well, this one. And that looks like a place where a cue for a song. Mm. So... Is it a big happy one or is mm. it a, mm, what time is it for mm. now in this thing we're constructing?
1: And then rehearse with your props early enough so that you know if they work or not.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it, you know, it's, uh, I've got much better at doing it now and doing it early. Uh, I used to do it, I, I'll do I will do it, I will do it and do it late and then it's just so panicked do you know that thing where particularly in the theater people seem to be addicted to the panic of the last few days the fear the terror the I can't do this the emotional highs and lows of that journey the build to opening night and then you have opening night and however it happens people are there and they clap and the thing has turned into a thing which actually exists rather than something which just displays all your shortcomings which is what you have thought it was for the last two weeks um that incredible roller coaster I feel like people get addicted to that and so they make it happen by doing it too late and um uh, you know, I was almost going
0: to say, in some some instances, it can seem like a part of the the planned process. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I am a real believer in working within the hours, not doing overtime, going home at night, um, turning off. I'm saying this. I I'm, I wonder if it's true. But you, you're you're getting better at mm, it. Mm. But. <laughs> If you do it early, it'll happen, you know. And the other thing is working all night doesn't make you work better the next day. Sometimes it's better just to go home and go to bed and get up in the morning and something will happen. Something, yeah. I'm much, much better at at, um, a process which is relaxed. um, It much, you know, not... I don't like the highs and lows. They're just too stressful. They're just too stressful. I can't I can't do it anymore. I used to say, this is a long time ago, I used to say, I get paid like shit, I work like a dog, and I'm going to die of a heart attack. <laughs> and one day I thought, if I keep saying that to myself, I am going to die of a heart attack, and that would be bad. So I changed the thing.
2: So now you just work like a dog, and what else? Because you do. You're, you you get up and you work, you get up and you sit at the computer and if it's not one thing, it's another. And I go, what are you doing? And you go, oh, I'm on Facebook, God, get off Facebook. You know, which is your little break sitting at the computer. But you, you're constantly working, making, marking,
0: curating, producing. But it, where does where does that, where does necessity and a kind of propensity, because uh, I've known you for a while and I know you are a, you you are a, a, a sort of a workaholic, mm. but is that necessity feeding a propensity or a propensity creating a necessity?
1: I think it's both. I think it's both. I mean i, I would I would never stop working on when I don't have to. so some. T- Look, the thing we've got right recently or in the last few years is David goes down to Strawn around Christmas and all of my work dries up over Christmas. I find myself with no appointments, which is remarkable and terrifying mm. and frightening. But David goes down I've to Strawn. I've got a couple of regular That's the high gigs. season in Strawn. And,
2: and, um, and down and down Falls the Festival. Falls.
1: So I find myself around christmas time first few weeks of january at home going oh maybe i'll oil the benches <laughs> which is uh, you know jigsaw puzzles yeah jigsaw puzzles i do jigsaw puzzles and um uh, but but obviously at that time i'm also going there are australia council and creative victoria grant rounds coming up and i need to be in them because if i'm not in them i can't i'm not doing anything and. So what can I pitch to them? How? So that's also time for just allowing ideas to settle and flourish and articulate themselves, so that so that there's some some shape to the year, some some dr- idea that pushes me through creatively. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Because there's that, you know, you just have to. The good thing about having creative development grants, particularly, is you can move them around to fill bits of time that that suddenly open up. Um, so, it, God, it sounds so um, unarty, doesn't it? It sounds so, it sounds like a, a bureaucratic approach to art. But in some ways that's what is required these days. You can't, you know, the idea of going to one of the, the Paris studios or something and doing one of those, you know, researchers, practices, research things where you, you know, flaneurs around Paris and journal it and suddenly there's a novel. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. I, uh, I've never had the luxury of being able to, oh, no, some early works, like my early monologues back in the 90s, Um, you know, I could lie around and write.
0: No kids, though.
1: Yeah, no kids. Mm. Mm. Once you've got kids, it's, it's much harder. You can't. You can't go back to your mother's house. <laughs> you know when you've.
0: You have got to do your own washing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah all of that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Alice is now at university, and then and so our um, responsibilities haven't halved, but there's one less person to worry about attending to. In, yeah,
2: in a... On a in kind of minute. Mm, yeah, although. Still doing her washing and yes, still cooking her food.
1: Y- yes, um, so you know, in a few years, we might go to Paris and lie around and write. Do you think? Great, are yeah. you
2: r- applying for the money for, <laughs> for, for the city? Could you get on to that?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I, and I know it, it I, f- I feel a great, mm, I feel a. A large responsibility. Father, son, son. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I could move to Strawn tomorrow, and um, and we'd survive that. Our relationship, we'd find a way. But I can't leave my son. He's eleven, and things going on in the world. Uh, I need to be the best father I can possibly be to him over the next, uh, few years, and, uh, yeah.
1: Um, but, you know, in... Sorry, I I didn't give enough time for that important... No,
2: look, it will have the weight that it has. Mm. People listening will understand... Mm. What that, what, yeah. what the, the implications of that are, and and it, it does carry its own weight. It's really uh, important mm. for dads to be around mm. for their sons. Yeah, and I so I feel that, and this is having my go. It's all very well me having my go, uh, but I I feel a great responsibility for be to be here, mm-hmm. um, for Leo. Mm. As he enters his teenage years, this is serious time in Mm. his life.
1: Um, He's just down there, attached to his device. Attached
2: to his device with his headphones in. He knows. (laughs) He
1: knows. Okay, dogs. Shush, dogs. Um, But, you know, in terms of making work, so as you can see, there's a deflated um, globe, plastic globe on the ground over there. That's a piece I'm working
0: on. And do you uh, do you rehearse in the in, in this lounge room? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, like when you did the Crow family, is this your rehearsal room?
1: No. Well, we go to Annie's house, which is bigger.
0: Right. Um, yeah. When she's, she's not there, has got a bit more space. So then you do little
2: things here. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah
1: yeah 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 yeah
2: yeah yeah. Look, yeah. You, we've got dogs because you can't swing a cat. Ha ha ha. Uh, yeah uh, yeah
1: we um <laughs> yeah yeah we rehearse here. We um n- most of the work is made here. I'd love a studio with mirrors. That'd be great.
0: Why mirrors?
1: Well, so you can see yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Nike. <laughs> but, yeah, um,
2: I would so have to help you through that. <laughs>
1: you can
2: sit and look at yourself in a mirror all day, and then I then you come home, and I'm going to have to
1: pick up the pieces. Pick up the pieces yeah.
2: of the yeah. devastation. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah. No, we rehearse in this lounge room. We rehearse. Uh, we build and make and yeah. Yeah, in this lounge room, and it's space is interesting. Actually, um, as a performing artist, f- space is one of the primary elements that you are that you need to r- relate to as a performing artist. It's really interesting because um, you know I do short pieces. I do a lot of variety stuff, and and I work. Often in the same spaces so 45 downstairs is a place that I've worked a lot in variety I Understand that space. I understand how to manipulate it hares and hyenas Which is the bookshop up on the queer bookshop up on Johnson Street, which is now a venue They do scratch nights and often Often you make work by because somebody says will you do this fundraiser for me for free? And I think yeah, I will and because they're not paying me I need to get something out of it and what I get out of it is I'm going to try a new idea because variety is made in front of an audience mostly you have to get it in front of an audience before you have any idea whether it's going to work or not so so if I'm going to do a gig for free, I'm going to try a new idea, or I'm going to do, pull out something easy that I can rehearse up in an hour.
0: And you'd rehearse it here. I'd
1: rehearse it here, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it happens here. E minor. C. B7. David Pidd on guitar and vocals, more Davey on vocals, Alice Pidd Davey relearning chords on a ukulele, and Leo Davey Pidd, being 11, in their lounge room rehearsing the Peter Farnan song, Listen to the World Sing, from their show The Crow Family, which they will perform for us at the end of the podcast. You're listening to Episode 3 of Making Art, with me, Neil Piggott. Making Art is released alongside a companion article about the featured artist published in The Daily Review. The Daily Review is Australia's premier free online arts news and opinion site and it's totally, totally self-supporting, relying on you, the reader, to keep it going. So, if you're a fan of quality arts journalism, I encourage you to get online and have a look. And while you're there, click on the menu and head to the support page. Pay as much as you like. In fact, if it makes you feel good, go ahead, hock the stereo. No, don't. But please consider a modest contribution that will help The Daily Review maintain quality arts journalism as part of the national discourse. You can also visit the Making Art website for helpful links to things that have been mentioned in our conversation at makingart.com.au. And yes, we have a donate page too. And that's enough of that. And so it's back to my conversation with Maud and David. How do they deal with making work together and the realities of family life, which make an appearance in this second half? Here's Maud and David.
1: Oh, par- oh no. OK, Parallax Island, we decided to make a show together. This is before we had children. And David said, I'm not interested in making a show if it's if it's you know, full of difficulty and, and trouble and...
2: In terms of how we make it. Yeah.
1: So we made a deal. It was David's deal and it was basically if it ever gets stressful, we stop. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is very difficult for me, I have to say.
2: Which is why I made the rule. Yeah.
1: Um, so... <laughs> 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 so, so I'd get to the point where I'd say, "We can't do that. That's it. It's not what it's is W, Okay, we're stopping. <laughs> anyway, so we made that deal, and it was actually really good. This is actually where the, all that stuff about ease and we don't have to go on the roller coaster came from, because we didn't go on the roller coaster. It was. We
2: chose not. We to. chose not to. We made a deal not to.
1: Yeah, there were moments of tension. The first showing we did. Do you remember? We did a showing to basically your family. Your mum and dad, remember, came to the warehouse and, and watched a, an interminable version of Parallax Island, which outstayed its welcome by about 25 minutes. I, and, I don't remember. Um, Blocked it. And that was, that was stressful. But, uh, as, but... As
2: every showing is. Yeah. 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 I mean, part of, the, part of that energy going into opening night, that energy is always there.
1: And, and, and needs
2: to be. Yeah. That is the power. That's mm. the that's the power source. Yeah, it's it's how you, it's how we manage that. Mm. Yeah, and it can so get out of hand. Yeah. So how do you contain that energy and focus it? Focus it in,
1: mm. and not make it destructive. Yeah, either to your relationships or to yourself. Mm. Um. Anyway, so. So that was the experience of Parallax Island. Which,
2: by the way, was a love story.
1: Yeah. So that's the... F- and that's the first thing that we made together. And that was a short version, which we put up for the 1999 Fringe Festival.
2: 43 and a half minutes. Is that what it was? Or something like that. Mm. For- 44 minutes. Yeah. It was like, is that long? Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah that'd, be fine.
1: that'd be fine. Anyway, so then... Um, so then House picked it up and said, we'd like to produce it up here, but uh, it needs to be... Two halves. We, you know, we need to. It needs to be full length. You need it, to make ninety minutes. We, we need to an interval.
2: interval, and that's hot houses. Uh, that's they the, the way they operate. Drinks. Yeah. Subscribers. Mm. We want our audience to have a drink at interval. Mm. We so, need an interval.
1: And so that's when we went up when Alice was six weeks old and made that made the rest of the material. Do you remember? <laughs> are we allowed to swear? Remember, fuck you, fuck off, fuck you. <laughs> remember that song yeah, that song. we made.
2: Get fucked, get fuck off. you, get, get fucked, get fuck off. You. Get get fuck 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 off. <laughs> I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, you. I, I hate, hate you. you. <laughs> 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 we pulled out anything and everything.
1: Yeah, that was a really good of, song. Was great. Yeah, that right. was a really good song. Yeah, we yeah. should find it and yeah. do it again. Uh, maybe I could do it for a retro future. And it was I? a
2: great challenge for me. I remember, you know, we, do you remember we opened the second half with a monologue
1: yeah yeah with your
2: monologue with my monologue so I'm not very good at writing I'm not a very good performer you know all those terrible mantras and um, and and um, it was a great joy to 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 uh, okay you you're you're gonna write write a monologue oh okay yeah was. out it comes it pours out
1: yeah
2: I must remember that
1: yeah (laughs) anyway so that was parallax island by the time we you know by the time we got to the second bit we didn't have to make a deal about it being easy and not stressful it had to be easy and not stressful because otherwise my milk would have dried up you know it was it was stressful enough you know i was waking up every night twice a night to feed alice and you know, we were getting no sleep, so it couldn't be stressful. We had to just make the show and survive. Um,
2: now, this is to that point of you, you just strap your kids on and get on with it. Mm. Um,
1: and believe that if you just keep putting one foot in front of another metaphorically in terms of making the show, it'll happen. It's going to happen. So, so that was...
2: And we also knew that... We, we also knew that we were on a winner in terms of our idea. Mm. We had a really solid base mm. so that always mm. we, we there was no waiting yeah. for the muse. We no. we we we'd given ourselves a really good realm yeah. to play yeah. in.
1: You know but you know what I remember most I hardly remember performing. What I remember most about that season is so poetic. Um was the middle of the night or the dawn and outside our window was a magnolia tree. And um, during the four weeks that we were there, the magnolias blossomed. And so in the dawn I'd see, you know, early I'd see the buds and then the little... So s- watching the magnolia tree blossom over the four weeks at dawn, that is what I remember about that season. Mm.
2: Mm. I it- remember... I remember... Getting Alice back to sleep <laughs> we are we are not going to be a family where our children wake up at five thirty in the morning and they're awake no. no I'm she'll go back to sleep you go you go and I'll get her back to sleep yeah and um, that's worked really well, yeah now we have to chase our children out of bed to yeah. get them to school
1: yeah and then <laughs> so then when we made crow family um. There's a, it was a really interesting experience actually because there's no room for us to be worried about our performance or what we're doing because actually our children need ma- their emotional relationship to the, both the material and the physical demands of having to make a show and being in front of people. That's a... That's a large thing to ask of most people and certainly our children, it was a large thing to ask of them that they get up in front of people and act, speak speak sentences and be charming and um, sing songs. Yeah. Um, and so there's absolutely no room to worry or doubt or go, oh, I'm not very good at this or... Um, or the material's not very good anything. You, we just had to be present, solid... Pos- positive. positive. for the children.
2: You know, another cliche. Um, um, you know, we, we're modelling behaviour.
1: Mm. Mm. And, and it was... It is remarkable how one realises how difficult getting up in front of people is. And you realise it when you... When you subject another person in whom you're so emotionally invested to that to that test, um, wow! It was big. The first one, remember? They, I think they both burst into tears at the end of it. Um, certainly, leaps did.
2: Where, where did we open? Portland.
1: Uh, the the. So there were, yeah. It's which bit, I remember mm-mm.
2: as a twelve-year-old. Doing the same thing after opening opening night, mm. this surprising flood of tears, mm. Um, mm. relief. Um, hu- it's, it's that it, uh, holding all that energy in, and then it's still all there when the mm. curtain's down. Mm. And all what the do fear and yeah. apprehension. And it's
0: interesting, isn't it? Because I think we still feel that as adults in performance, and yet we don't allow ourselves to have that response.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: or have there's we lost a bit it? of
2: a tradition of that opening night party. And I... Uh, um, we drown it. We drown it. Yeah, we exactly. We dance it out. We, um, and, and that is all part and parcel of the process. Um, um, yeah, yeah.
1: But but I agree. I, I mean, I've talked a bit uh, um, to various people about the how the audience's attention becomes more and more like an assault, like something that you have to steel yourself for, like something that that is psych- a, a psychological assault that you have to build your armor against. Um, that sometimes the audience's attention is beautiful, but even when it's beautiful, it's so draining to be up in front of people. You know, people imagine that performing is this easy thing that people, that you just get up there and show off and people clap and isn't that great? You're just enjoying yourself, aren't you? No, actually, it's really much more difficult than that. And when you're young and ambitious and full of energy and excitement and all of those, uh, uh, there's a way in which it's, it's easier or, or you're more inured to it. I feel like as you get older, you become more aware of, of the psychological impact and having to manage it. And, you know theatre people drink a lot and I'm not surprised that they do, that we do because it's a way of managing that that test. You have to be up there every night.
2: I did a gig recently um, uh, where the... Um, one of the things being talked about was courage and so you do a little google courage and vulnerability and of course there it is to to be to be courageous um, it's a uh, it's from the uh, the old French word heart heart and to be courageous you have to pass through vulnerability uh, so we're as performers, there's a great vulnerability mm. and, and actually, you know, you talk about armour but you can't let the audience see the armour. Oh, they're
0: not going to see the performance. They're not going to see the vulnerability, which is...
2: Which is why we're there. We, it's, it's all about the human condition and, and that's what we're exploring with and for, for the audience. The human condition, mm-hmm. great vulnerability, and uh, yeah, no wonder we drink, self-medicate, mm. fall apart, uh, um, because that tends to not be built into the process. Mm. Yeah. Actually, the the process.
1: The protection, the spiritual protection. Well, s-
2: what? What? How do we? Manage ourselves after the curtain comes down, mm. after the blackout, after the opening night, mm. after the closing night. Mm. Uh, there's mm. a process there that is generally missing in in the in- industry. Generally, uh, it's slowly now coming out because we're we've entered a, a a place, well, in our bubble, where it's becoming okay to talk about mental health mm. and uh and our emotional health and it tends to manifest itself after the performance um is that is that true anyway and the two
1: weeks before you know at the two weeks before you go this is the worst work i've ever made (laughs) I am, I am terrible. I'm hopeless. Oh my God, mm. they're all going to Why, was, why did they
2: pick me it's for this? be a
1: disaster. <laughs> Everybody else is pretty good. I'm terrible. Yeah. Oh, well, I just have to, you know, anyway, blah, blah, blah. It's, it, it's a, it's a pretty difficult thing to do all your life, I reckon.
0: Do you, so, do you rely on each other for support in that?
1: I rely on him and I wonder if I give him enough
2: yeah that's fair
1: Hmm. and
2: and I I, look I I I also don't see it as I, I think you have a harder time out there than I do on the stage I you don't think so I think...
1: But you have have difficulty a harder time with other things. Anyway. Like like writing. Yeah. Yeah. (coughs) Like... Yeah. Like having faith in the initial... That initial process. I
2: was told very early... um, I was told very early, and it was... And it continues, I hear this, is... Oh, my God, you are so watchable. So... Um so I I'm I'm spending my life coming to terms with that. What what is that? What does that mean? Um Um okay, so I'm watchable but I've got no idea what I'm doing. Uh whereas I think you're 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 more um You're so much more awa- Oh, I don't know, I don't know.
1: What were you going to say?
2: Well, you're much more aware of the audience's gaze... Yeah. ..and, and how that affects you, and so... And, and so you, um, I think, maybe intellectually are able to... to, have got to... Um, oh, I, I don't know how to say this. Now, this, and which is classic me. I know what I mean. Can I articulate it? Mm,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: There's yes. an instinct. I have an instinct. Or mm. uh, um, mm. Mm. Meh.
1: Yes, Leo. Yes, you can are, speak. Are you recording? Yes. Yeah, Leo.
2: we're recording. Yeah.
1: Oh. Um. But
2: that's okay because um,
1: there is such a thing as a editing.
2: Yeah. Uh, You're hungry. It
1: doesn't matter. It's fine. Okay. We can press pause. He wants to go out and play soccer is my guess. Yeah. Okay, soon. Yeah. Um, yeah Thank so, goodness. So we were talking about support and where you get support from. And yes, uh, certainly I depend on being able to weep every now and then and go, I don't know how to do this. And David picking up my pieces and I feel like I don't provide that much... Uh, I, I, I'm not sure that the balances are uh, equally um, weighed um, in that regard. The scales are equally balanced. The scales are balanced in that yeah, regard.
2: But also, I, I don't think I'm need... Mm. I, I'm, not, I'm not as needy in that, mm. in that way. Mm. You, you wear your work on your sleeve. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. I'm. Um, mm. I, I don't know. Do I not take it as seriously? I don't know. It doesn't affect me so deeply.
1: Although it does mm. when you're rehearsing, it does. Crow family, you you were quite. Oh yeah. Yeah, you. you there was. You had difficulty with that process because it was so fast and because, because you didn't get the attention you needed in that process. Mm.
2: Time. Yeah. And now this is partly related to your not being able to say no to things. Mm. Mm. I think you opened
0: a show the week before.
1: Two weeks before or something and, like
0: that, yeah. um, um That sound is the sound of Leo pra- practising uh, soccer. Yeah. Which is part of your life, Indeed. which be- <laughs> now becomes part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So, you know, it's, it's, oh, God. I'm
0: shocking to
2: work with. I can be shocking to work with.
1: That is true. Uh,
2: uh... Not
1: shocking, but there are difficult... uh, mm, My sense is you're not so needy when you're performing. Once you're performing, once it's up... No,
2: I'm fine. You're fine. Give me the audience, I'm fine.
1: But it's the process that... uh, I, I, I wonder if I'm better in the process and worse at the product and you're better in the product and worse in the process.
0: So, yeah, that's... Yeah. The yeah. fellows should be able to support each other at different ends of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it sounds like, yeah, yeah. It, it would be nice and cosy like that. So, mm. um, But it's true. I think this is another thing. Uh, you get to opening night and I do the show and the director will go, oh, there it is. Mm. So... Yeah, you know, where was that in rehearsal? Well, no that's rehearsal. so uh, there's something <coughs> in my process where I I keep it all in mm. contained and I'm figuring it out in rehearsal and I, all I need is an audience and it'll it'll all c- come out. but that can be deeply frustrating. oh yeah for for uh, mm. the other folk in the room <coughs> mm-hmm. who want to see what the performance. is Yes, yes yeah. love.
1: Something really bad has happened. Um, I think we can. The, the, the table, the table like, snapped off. Oh, darling, it's oh, all right. No,
2: no, don't worry, because this table is completely
1: it's, it's all right. The table's broken, <laughs> but it was broken before, <laughs> before Lily. Okay? It's okay. <laughs> it's all right.
2: It's all right. It gave you a shock. It was pretty shocking when.
0: Did, um, when you're rehearsing a Leo's quite, quite a sensitive kid,
1: yeah.
0: was, there, was it difficult for him, the, the whole process? Oh
1: yeah. uh, The rehearsal we managed very carefully, so we rehearsed in short chunks, mm-hmm. we, we, um, the show – David, stay with him for a little while, okay. don't you think? The, we, we rehearsed in short chunks, and we also designed the show so that we were able to, so that he was always a, attended to. So he sang one song on my knee, you mm. know, things like that. So, you know, we needed it to be a positive experience for him, and um, and we needed it to be positive all the way through, or we, he would have said no. Mm. Um,
0: so, we, and you'd have to honour that.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, you can't force your children on stage. Um, there was one performance, though. You know, children respond to routine. Children need—they need to be fed regularly. They need to be slept well, and they need routine. And and basically, so there was one performance, and that day we didn't manage feeding him properly. He didn't have enough to eat before the show. And he fell apart during the show. It was it was astonishing. It was so so big. He, you know, I we're in the middle of the show, and I turned around, and there's Leo behind the table on the floor weeping, you know, heaving with sobs. And we had to, so we had to manage it, you know, to the point of going, shall we keep going to the audience, and you know. But taking me, taking Leo off stage into the dressing room. It's okay. It's okay. Are you all right now? Okay, you don't have to do anything else. Alice and David singing his finishing his song, coming back on, keeping going with the show. Then you can hear the <laughs> coming
2: from the So room. I, so I left the stage then to be oh. with him. This to be with him.
1: All in and front then I can, of the audience. Yeah, all in
2: front of the audience. And then Alice is.
1: Uh, Oh, then Alice is singing her, her song. song.
2: I'm off stage comforting Leo. I Alice can is hear Alice
1: pouring with tears. And then, then Leo's here going, "Is, is Alice crying too?" <laughs> Alice is. And
2: out. so that set him off again because Alice is now on stage performing. She's burst into
1: tears. I've got my arms wrapped around Alice. She's singing a song. <laughs> and I think I think part of Alice's tears was. Everybody's gonna think we're such terrible people <laughs> Oh my god it was terrible but
0: But that is the thing when you stand in front of an audience all those thoughts do come yeah, into yeah, your yeah. mind <laughs> you know. That's that's all
2: part of managing your managing yourself. Yeah managing your thoughts and emotions. Uh, you know, do and and do we stop this now? Yeah. yeah. When, when, when do when do you stop call this, this and, and and stop and apologise to the audience. Oh,
1: but we kept going, and I have to say... We did
2: keep going, and even after, the, you know... And, of course, people... The classic thing afterwards is that some people thought it was the show. Uh,
1: you know, I have to oh, say... It, such great emotion! And it was probably the most extraordinary thing that, we, that we've ever done, and for the people in the audience, it was probably... One of the most extraordinary things they've ever seen. They're all in tears, you know, four times all through the show. Everybody's coming up and shaking Leo's hand and saying, "Good on ya, mate."
2: You know, what, what we what we made that night was a much broader version of the Crow family. Mm. The Crow family works on many levels. There's the, the there's story. the story, the kind of folk tale, if you mm. like, of. Um, you know the fairy tale of the woman and the crow mm. and um, that fairy tale then there's then there's then there's um a the family are performing that show a real time family are performing a show
1: in which they' also talk about their themselves as a family, so there's a kind of fictional family presented, and then there's the real thing, which is the real family, who are in front of you performing the show and managing themselves, right. and that was that sh- in mm. that show, instead of the fairy tale, the f- fictional family, the real family being buried underneath, those, or, or you know, emerging from underneath those things, the real family was the primary substance it of, became the, show. Substance and the, of other, the show, and the other things were secondary and playing around it. It was it was pretty extraordinary.
0: Are you going to do it again?
1: We are going to do the Crow family again. Or are
0: you going to do another show with the family,
1: do you think?
2: A couple of surprising things, I think. Um, One is that that both our kids said yes to making the Crow family in the first Mm. place. That's one thing. Alice... Alice has stated pretty clearly that she's, and over the years, that she doesn't want to work in the theatre and that she's not going to be a performer and, in fact, is doing science and maths at university. Very clear. There's no arts Mm. going on. Um, um, Leo's a bit like me. He's a bit of a natural performer, natural
1: joker, a clown.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Um... Mm-hmm. But but
1: he's sensitive and it and it has an impact on him. He, he,
2: yeah. well, have you talked about Rosie? No. Okay. So so just going back to to the original Crow family because you, we're going on tour. We need a stage manager, production manager, tour manager, okay. and who did we pick? My niece Rosie, who now lives down in Tasmania. She's a stage manager. We ring her up. Are you available? Yes. Ah. Oh, so now. This is this other layer. Is we were the, it was all family. So Rosie, and Rosie's someone. Um, this is Leo and uh, Leo and Alice's cousin. And they haven't had a lot of time with Rosie. So oh, what a joy it mm. was to have Rosie as our stage manager. Complete family. It we were all family together.
1: Which meant that. Which meant that instead of. You know, so, which meant that after the show, we would get Indian takeaway, go back to one of our apartments and sit around and laugh. The the five of us. The five, the of, five us of us. Would sit around and tell jokes. And so the kids were all involved in that post-show stuff with everybody as well. With as, their cousin. Yeah. It was so perfect. And just things like, you know, we could go to an accommodation and go, Oh there's not much room in our family apartment. Alice can go in and sleep with Rosie because she's her cousin all that it, that was really important, actually wasn't it? Yeah, it's
2: part of them mm. that was the other layer that mm. the audience didn't see mm. actually mm. Um, the cousins getting to know mm. each other and you know as part of our our tour
1: bringing it right back to the bureaucratic start, we get a lot of support from our families um, you know, in terms of... Because our families are both in the biz, we've... We, so they understand. You know, Ian Pidd used to drop Zach and Rose off at our place every time he had a fringe meeting when he was chair of the fringe, mm. you know. And so we... would and, and But now we get support in different ways. They sometimes lend us money. They sometimes just have our kids they come with us on tour, it, 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 it takes a village. Uh, uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was Making Art, Episode 3. My thanks to Maud, David, Leo and Alice for allowing me into their home, their creative space. Column for Saxophone Quartet, our theme music, was composed by Melbourne's Tim Dargaville and performed by Sydney's Continuum Sax. Artwork for the podcast and the Making Art website is by Melbourne artist Darren Henderson of Dirty Good. Our website was designed by Pixel Shifter and technical production is by Ben Churchill at Sonic Playground. Making Art was produced by me, Neil Piggott. More Davies' next show, Retro Futurismus Brave World, is at 45 Downstairs in Flinders Lane, Melbourne, from the 21st of June. And you can see David's handiwork, a fire show as part of the Village Winter Festival at Newstead Racecourse up near Castle Castlemaine on the 23rd of June. Join me in a fortnight when I'll bring you a slightly different making art. How we publicly value the work of artists is a bit of a hot topic and during the Adelaide Festival I attended a conference on cultural value organised by Laboratory Adelaide, the cultural think tank attached to Flinders University were a number of big brains gathered together to discuss that very thing. When did value become a number? That's our next episode, which will go up in two weeks. And don't forget to check out Australia's number one arts pages at the Daily Review and our website, makingart.com.au. I'll leave you now with the Crow family. Leo on lead vocals, Alice on uke and harmonies, Maud on harmonies and encouragement, and David on guitar and vocals. This is Listen to the World Sing, a song written by the Melbourne musician and songwriter Peter Farnan in response to a request from Maud and David for, and I quote, a happy, happy joy song. Bye for now. <laughs> so, just going to pick up the... Give it a bit of, oh, yeah. bit of energy this time. Ready? Ready?